0: Competing at a combined weight of 405 pounds, they are the raiding, defending, undisputed racing dudes, triple crown, champions of the world, The Magic Mike Show. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic.
1: I'm a sad Mike, that's the last time we get to play that intro. Womp womp, this is the Magic Mike
0: Show episode 471, Mr. Samich! Belmont
1: Festival. Huzzah!
0: Here we go, baby. We are uh, one, two, three days away from Belmont Stakes Day. Uh, Belmont Stakes Festival starting up uh, tomorrow,
1: third, right? Third or Friday? I can't remember. Hopefully. There's, there's one great stakes tomorrow. Then they really roll into it Friday. Then
0: they really get going. Friday's looking pretty solid. Saturday looks like one of the best days of racing we've had uh, on the entire calendar year. Uh, might be the best. We'll, we'll find out. Um, Daphne looks uh, absolutely solid, and we are going to be tackling... Not the actual late pick five. We're going to be tackling the all grade one pick five, which is races eight through 12, ending in the Belmont Stakes. I don't give a shit about the state brands on Belmont Stakes Day. Uh, unless you're trying to chase some more money.
1: <laughs> ironically, my best bet on the whole card's the last race. So thank you for not allowing me to single the one in the last race on Belmont Saturday. Uh, somebody explain to Dennis why this is the last time we got that intro. He's
0: brand new to the racing dudes in the fantasy league.
1: Well, we are going to be dethroned. Uh, hopefully it is a fan team. I'll be rooting for Shoddy's team there on Saturday. Hopefully they get it done and uh, they get our money instead of someone else. Um, I hope Tapa Shoes wins and
0: nobody gets our money. That's what I hope. They get somebody else's money. That's, That's all too. I care about.
1: That's fair, too. <laughs> Ta- that would be ironic because like, Shoes is a horse that I targeted in, I think it was, what, January in a video for us saying that it was a Derby prospect because of the upside of it. And now we are in the Belmont and finally this sucker shows up
0: oh well, listen we're not going to dwell on that uh we'll have i'll have more fantasy uh fantasy league content coming later don't worry uh we'll we'll tackle that a little bit later but like i said we've got the all grade one pick five at belmont park on saturday june 10th races 8 through 12 uh lined up for you we got a big show let's get into it buddy rise up All right, Mike, here we go. First leg of the late pick five. Uh, I already screwed it up. The all grade one pick five at Belmont Park on Saturday, June 10th. Race eight, the grade one Woody Stevens for 13 three-year-old males sprinting seven furlongs on the main track. It's a field so loaded you can't even see all of them on the screen. The great field here. Plenty of options. Where'd you go on top?
1: I am going to go back to the pain that is Fort Bragg. Uh, I took this horse in the Pate Mile, <laughs> came up a nose short to General Jim. That kind of sucked. But I, look, that was a phenomenal race from Fort Bragg. We're cutting back a furlong here. because going from seven, mile to seven furlongs. I think that favors Fort Bragg over General Jim, uh, who I'm also going to be using, by the way. I actually think that Pate Mile could be a very good race. We'll talk about that in a second as well. But look, Fort Bragg, we talked about in the Florida Derby. Terrible break, rushed up, ran a really, really, really good race in that spot. Came back, I thought, showed out well in the Pate Mile. I think this distance fits him better. I'm going go to go 5-1 to on Fort Bragg, the eight horse with Rosario and Baffert on top.
0: You and I both uh, had picked him to win the Pat Day Mile. Uh, when it finally came down to the race, I ended up betting my top pick, uh, General Jim, to win it. One of the few bets I hit all weekend uh, for Kentucky Derby weekend. But I- I'm with you. I think these are both horses you should use. That Pat Day Mile effort specifically from these two horses, I thought, was very, very phenomenal. Um uh as far as i mean general Jim, not really a whole lot to talk about we both really uh love this horse you know going one turn i've wanted to play him in the fountain of youth he had a little bit of a cough and ended up skipping it but his effort in the swale stakes i thought was very impressive he had a ton of trip trouble in the mucho macho man so that kind of explained away why he struggled there and the pet de mile effort i mean louis has just piled him so strong and now he's second off of the little bit of a break there about a three month gap so you would you know expect him to possibly take a step forward this seven furlongs, you know, he he definitely needed that mile, right? Because if it was the Pat Day seven furlong instead of the Pat Day mile, eh, Fort Bragg had him by about a nose there. They had a great battle there, but he did have a slight edge on General Jim. Uh Fort Bragg, by the way, you dropped this part. He's back with Bafford officially. That was with Yakteen. We're with Bafford again, baby. This is usually when you get back on these horses that were with Yakteen. Um my biggest concern with him, we're adding blinkers and we're keeping Joel Rosario and there's a like there's something there that doesn't quite seem to make sense to me. Baffert is just 20. And I say just, just 20 percent uh, adding blinkers in the last year and a half. Only an 87 cent ROI when that happens. And remember, that includes National Treasure putting them back on to win the Preakness. So it's it's not a great move overall for Baffert. But you know we'll see what happens. He, I think maybe he looked at he knew General Jim was coming. And, Mike, I think he was like, we've got to figure out a way to get the jump on him or get the edge on him, and maybe Blinkers is what does it.
1: Yeah, it's interesting they're putting Blinkers back on him more than once before in his career, one for one with a Gate to Wire victory breaking the Maiden, so at least we've had some success with the Blinkers. Uh, yep. I, to me, it wasn't a huge thing. I, I don't think Blinkers were the problem, but I don't think the horse gets worse with them either, so I, I wasn't overly worried about the the blinker specific ad there for Fort Bragg. Obviously, getting back to the Baffert Barn should help the horse out. Uh, we've seen all these teens get better when they go to the Baffert Barn after regressing a little bit. Uh, Fort Bragg, I think, just was never a two-turn horse, and I think that really was mm-hmm. the issue there i mentioned he won his broke his maiden but he was 30 cents on the dollar that day right so not really going to pump him up for winning a mile and 16th race at Santa anita there we saw the difference right in the florida derby then cutting back to that pat day mile the horse ran phenomenally better and i, I think we should expect another big time effort here uh, but this is a loaded field I, I think there's a lot of different directions you could go i'm going to use the other baffert arabian line in here as well john velasquez on board the three horse four to one but that's the last of the short prices I'm using here I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a couple bombs after that because I do think this race it uh, is right for the upset so there are two other former
0: Fort Bragg is back with Baffert there are two other former Bafferts that are in this race um, all three of them if you can't figure out they're all wearing the same color silk they're all former Avengers purchased or still owned by the Avengers um, uh, the other ho- I went three deep here and I want to take a second to talk about that I'm very happy you used this horse because it tells me you saw the same thing I did in his replays number one New York Thunder Holy shit! Go back and watch that Woodbine stakes replay if you haven't yet. First of all, big reason I'm using this horse. I think he's the fastest horse overall in this race. Early on, Agreed. at two back on turf, 21 and one, 43 and th- uh, uh, 21, 22, 43 and three uh, for the splits, and he just drew off. Like now he's on the rail. Like I said last time, he went to Woodbine, got the stakes win. It was a small field. It was on synthetic. But Ricardo Santana Jr. never ridden this horse before. Ricardo's like, you know what? I got to, I got nothing to do on a Sunday on April 30th. I'm gonna go to Toronto and ride one horse. And he rides this horse and he wins like a freaking monster. Like when, when Ricardo hit the gas coming off the turn and, and the, Bel, the Belmont main track has about as long as the Woodbine synthetic main track. As soon as he hit the gas, that horse it pinned his ears back and it was like a rocket. Like he went so fast, the camera lost him for a second. Like the cameraman could not keep up with the horse in the stretch there. Final furlong, 11 and 3 on synthetic. What? Like, this horse is smoking fast. He went 46 and 2 going four furlongs over the Monmouth uh, dirt in his final work for this. If he takes to the dirt in the races, and it's a big if, but we're getting 12 to 1. If he takes to the dirt, this horse is ripe
1: for an upset. Is it a big if? I mean, Nyquist, Uncle Mo on the top, midshipman on the bottom. Uh, the he dirt just hasn't breeding, done it before. Yeah, I mean, the dirt breeding is there. The workouts all show that he's, he's handling the dirt just fine from that perspective as well. And there is a ton of speed signed up. This is your fastest horse, though. I agree with you on that take. And I, I think the one horse, because of the post draw, also has to 100% send, which I think is a positive here. He would have anyway. But I think New York Thunder might be up a length. At the, half mile, at the half mile point of this race. That's how fast I think this horse is. If he just outbreaks them and runs them off their feet, I, there is a world where he goes gate to wire here and you're, you're starting this puppy off with a 12-to-1 shot. So I, I think using New York Thunder is a, a smart move here because even with all this speed, he is the speed of the speed. And I do think there's a chance he gets loose. And if New York Thunder's loose, he's dangerous. And, and you mentioned there was no slowdown in this horse, really in any of his races. You go back to even his five furlong Gulfstream Park synthetic effort, he went eleven and three for the final furlong, right? And so that's still very, very good. Went eleven and four for the final furlong uh, when he when he ran in the race prior to that, too, or the next race on turf as well. So he's never run a twelve second final furlong. Every single one has been sub twelve for him. Right? That's phenomenal. I realize seven furlongs is new. I realize dirt is new, but that doesn't mean this horse can't win. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to like the one New York Thunder, especially with the price. Yeah, you nailed them.
0: Uh, a horse that I found interesting that. Uh, I don't know. I think he's ultimately going to be best on turf if and when Brendan Walsh tries it. You used him, the 12 Gilmore, the other, other former Baffert horse. Um, it, you know, you look, you, you can point two back to the grade three base shore, seven furlongs at Aqueduct, and he did all right. Um, he closed into it a, a, a pace that kind of collapsed a little bit. Pat Day Mile, yeah, he came up for third. He was also, you know, almost four lengths behind the top two. But, different setup here. Irad riding back again.
1: There's a lot of reasons to be intrigued. Well, the main one to me was the Pate Mile. I mean, the fact that I read rise back obviously a very, very positive sign. But if you go walk back and watch that Pate Mile, and yeah, he w- he was, it says eight wide in the comments. I, I read grabbed some popcorn from the grandstand rail. That's how wide this horse actually was. He was about 12 wide around that far turn when you actually go back and watch the race. That mm-hmm. lost round alone makes me interested in Gilmore with the fact that he's coming back here. And we talked about it. There is a lot of speed in here. The pace sets up. someone to come flying late and again the price is right you're getting 12 to 1 here again on gilmore a horse who i I think has the right to improve the fact that this is again a horse that i read decides to stay on he doesn't ride all that often for brennan walsh but when he does they are quite effective together 42 (laughs) mounts 21 percent win percentage two dollar and two dollar one cent roi there are not many trainers that have a positive ROI with IRAD because of how he gets bet. Brandon Walsh is one yeah. of those few trainers that does have a positive ROI. We're getting a big price in a race with a ton of speed, with a horse that is improving, and a horse that had a terrible trip last time in that Pat Day mile. I, I think you've got to take a shot with Gilmore here just because this is also like Big Sandy, right? You're not going to be a million wide in this race. You're, the post isn't great, but you probably will save at least a little bit of ground, and you have a longer stretch to try and run these horses down. And I think that all is a positive for Gilmore
0: uh to touch on Arabian Lion real quick um I see Kevin B bringing it up uh, Arabian Lion's never passed a horse once in his life and he's not going to be on the lead that was why I left him off especially at 4-1 um time form has him ranked as the ninth fastest horse in a field of 13. Bob Baffert said he wished this race was a mile for the horse this is a huge step up he looked incredible winning the Sir Barton Stakes but he was beating a horse that first of all that's a race that's restricted to non-stakes winners it's also two weeks after the Derby when none of those horses in the race uh, we're good enough to be in the Kentucky Derby undercard races. Like nobody was showing up in the Pat day mile and then went to that race. So, uh, I, I, at four to one, I'm against him, but I understand, you know, he visually, he was impressive. He did draw inside, you know, he's, he's post three here. He could sit right there with New York thunder, um, early on. It's just a matter of, I, for me, it also, you know, four to one, I I couldn't go seven to two, five to one, four to one with the way that my own ticket is structured here. But, um, I can, I can understand using it. For me, I just think that this is going to be uh, too much of a step up for him for this spot.
1: Yeah, if you want to cut him, he was the last horse on my ticket. Um, so it's not one of those where I was like, okay, I got to use Arabian Lion. For me, it was the Arabian Lion kind of ended up in this spot. And look, here's the thing. If Fort Bragg is in here and I'm using Fort Bragg as my top pick, and there's another Baffert and I'm going five deep... I'm probably going to end up using the other Baffert like that to me is kind of how I figure this and I've got two bigger prices to try and uh, weigh it down a little bit so if one of those prices comes home obviously that helps quite a bit Uh, and I'm not going deep you know in any of the other legs really I'm going no more than three deep anywhere else I'm going singling in one leg two deep in the other so this is where I wanted to take a a swing a little bit I'm also chucking Caravel, which makes it easier to use horses that are a little (laughs) shorter price than the other legs
0: well, speaking of Caravelle,
1: let's move on. Second leg of
0: the all grade one pick five at Belmont Park on Saturday, June 10th, race nine, the grade one Jiper for 14 horses, plus two also eligible sprinting six furlongs on the outer turf. This is a Breeders' Cup winning your in for the turf sprint. And last year's turf sprint champ, Caravelle, Mike just mentioned, she's back to face the boys once again. Um, she is my top pick. I keep trying to beat her and she keeps proving me wrong. And now she's third start of the year, third start of the form cycle, best in class, and she drew outside the other speed. So there's a big reason why the fact that I've been trying to beat her and now I'm using her. That's a reason to try and beat her um, in this spot. But Mike, why are you against Caravelle here?
1: Yeah, the water's pretty deep here. I, there's a lot of really, really good, speeder, sp- or really good horses. And you mentioned she's outside speed. I think she wants to be inside speed. I don't think that this is a great draw for her. I, I, she's going to end up three wide. On that turn, she's not going to like easily make the lead here unless something crazy happens, right? So if nothing better goes, that's going to be a problem. You've got other horses on the inside that want to show speed. I just don't think she makes the easy lead. And if she's three wide, I think she is beatable here. And I also think it's a joke of a three to one morning line. You're going to see her at seven to five, eight to five, something like that in this race. Even with all of these horses, I just I hate the price. And it's one of those that I just want to try and beat here, especially since this is a pretty salty field. Like, there's a bunch of very, very, very good turf sprinters in here. So, I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to go with the best horse in the mother bleeping world here. (laughs) Give me Casa Creed on top, baby. The number 11. The horse I have probably picked. Defending race champion, Casa Creed. The horse, he's won it twice, hasn't he? Um, No. No, he came second the other time. Anyway, the horse I probably picked the most on this four-year run on this show is Casa Creed, uh, was one of my favorites early on. I, look, this horse still has it. Casa Creed's been running phenomenal. Gets a bunch of chase, pace to chase into. Loves the racetrack. Three for four over this Belmont track. Two for four at the distance. Look, you can say, oh, well, you know, he's shipping back over from overseas. Guess what? Did that last year, won the race anyway. I just yep. Casa Creed's a phenomenal horse. This horse is going to come trucking late. You get Saez back aboard. And the price is right at nine to two. I, I that's that's a square price for a horse like Casa Creed.
0: Uh I used him. I don't want to use him. I learned my lesson. Use him <laughs> after last year. Uh the very similar path is last year, too. Like last year he went overseas for the Saudi Sprint Cup, very close second. He had a race in between while he was overseas there, but then he came back and this was his US racing debut uh for the um since returning and he won it and he looked pretty good and it was a very salty, very good field. He is a two time winner? Yeah, he won it in twenty one and twenty-two. No one except Casa Creed has won this race. We've in been three doing years. this we've been doing this damn show for so long that I forgot what year it was when he did it the first time. So that was two years ago that you picked him in the upset. Okay. I apologize. Uh you should. that's crazy. Um Anyways, yes, I used him here. Uh, what uh, Caravelle is my top eight. This is the race I went deep, so I'll try and go kind of quickly through, uh, through some of them. Um, I used the number nine, nothing better. This is my second choice, eight to one. If Caravelle doesn't uh, break cleanly, which it has happened, uh, it's not happened often, but it has happened for her before, Um, and doesn't rush up I think this might be your lone speed and I think he could be gone this is third start of the year and of the form cycle if you go all the way back to July 2021 which is the first time that a jockey on this horse finally pushed him to the lead early instead of just letting him screw around at the start he's made 11 starts between five and six furlongs on turf he has seven wins three seconds all by a head or a neck and then a third the third was on soft going I'm willing to forgive her for that one I think this horse is very talented I think if he gets the right trip, uh, if as long as things are clean, I think it's gonna be, um, look out! all systems go for this, or sorry, my phone alarm's going off. Um, next one up for me, uh, I use the number four Midday Image. I'm going huge price on it here. Number four Midday Image at 30 to one. David Jacobson Barn, it's on fire right now at Belmont Park. I shouldn't use that term because of what's going on uh, nearby in New York, but the, he's red hot, we'll just say that. Last 19 starts for the Jacobson Barn, seven wins, 12 in the money at Belmont Park. Uh, he wins 23% with 60% in the money running off of one to two weeks rest, which is what we got going here. And if you look at this horse, go back uh, almost a lifetime of turf routing switches to Jacobson's barn to start 2023, two starts, both turf sprints, both open length wins. He has very similar breeding to two super superstar turf sprinters who have all won this race. Uh, you remember disco partner won this race in 2017 and 2018. One of my favorite horses of all time, uh, was second and third in his other two tries. They have the same dam sire, Disco Rico. Uh, also dam sired Pure Sensation, winner of this race in 2016 uh, when Disco Partner was second. Pure Sensation's dam family traces back to Concord Bound. It's very, very similar to Midday Images, who also to length, uh, two generations back goes to Concord Bound. These are very similarly bred horses. Uh, they're all New York breds, ironically. And again, the Jacobson Barn, for whatever reason, <clears throat> is doing extremely well all of a sudden at Belmont Park and, and is uh, very, very hot. So i think this horse at 30 to one with karmusha board is very dangerous
1: yeah i mean to me it's it's massive jumps in class so nothing better if this were five furlongs i think i might have used it but because nothing better is going six at this class level i have a few more concerns uh midday image yeah you know maybe we see another one of these ridiculous purse sprints. but yeah I, I i can't get there on midday image as well I, especially with like the talent i think's in here my second pick was Big Invasion, who last time out, I think as every excuse, Clip Teal <laughs> had a terrible trip. Joel Rosario was riding. Unfortunately, Rosario riding back here. But what can you do? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know. That's that's why. I think we're going to have a carryover in the pick five here at, uh, at Horseshoe, by the way. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, anyway, look. I'm willing to forgive that last one from, from Big Invasion. This horse has a ton of talent. Now it's going to be third off the layoff. Four-year-old should improve. If you go back to the quick call, that was a phenomenal race there. I realize we haven't won again, or We haven't uh, faced Olders yet in the graded company, but this is a very, very good horse. I think the six-to-one price is a little crazy. I think the only reason you're getting it is because of that last race. So I'll use the 10 Big Invasion as well. Did you use the 10? I didn't. Um
0: I watched that replay a couple times from the Twin Spires turf sprint, and you're right. The horse has every excuse for doing well because he was actually, he was running right there with Motorius at at the top of the stretch. And then Motorius was just slightly ahead of him. And Rosario went full Rosario, and he drove big invasion straight up the ass of a slowing horse that you could have seen from a mile away, except if you're Rosario. And so what happens? Motorius crosses over, the slow horse slows up, and Rosario has to slam on the brakes. It's not the horse's fault. But it's also like the horse could have the same jockey aboard so you kind of have to figure out like motorius goes off and finishes second is if if he doesn't have the traffic trouble is he right there with him in second and third and you had a, a crazy uh no balls winner in that race but you know is, is being outside in post 10 gonna help him because he was post four that day maybe but he drops back and saves ground anyway so i don't think rosario's not gonna break from post 10 and keep him out there and if he does well then we're screaming about that for bizarro there's It's the jockey aboard this horse that made me keep him off.
1: Well, it's funny. Like the Rosario's on a slump lately. He's sixteen percent at Belmont, twelve percent for the year. So he's actually riding better at Belmont than he is everywhere else in the country, which is kind of crazy to think about. Maybe,
0: maybe Mr. Guitar means uh, lately, as in the last uh, eight months.
1: (laughs) Just think about that for a second. What other jockey that gets like, "Hey, this is the best jockey in the world." Love. What other jockey's twelve percent for the year? Just gonna leave that yeah. there for now. Uh, so I'm, only going <laughs> here. I'm gonna I'm gonna use the ten and eleven big invasion in Casa Creed, and then I'm gonna use one of the long shots. One of my favorite long shots the entire weekend here. The number two horse, Go Bears, Go. Uh, this one coming out of that same turf sprint at Churchill that we've talked about. Ran third that day uh, behind No Balls. I thought ran a very good race. If you go back and you watch the trip, I thought I had a little bit of trouble out of the two posts. We're back in the two posts again. So wish we were kind of mid pack or outside, but I'm I'm still okay with it. This, to me, is a big difference when you're looking at these type of horses. So Go Bears Go came over in 2021, runs in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Sprint, ends up running second there to Twilight Gleaming. I thought ran really, really well in that race. The last World that day, so he had a U.S. rider riding, a European turf sprinter. Goes back over to Europe, runs in all of the races, right? Consistently running in grade one, grade two races over in Europe. Does fairly well, runs into a couple couple of really good horses, including Kinross and others over there. Comes back, runs in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint last year. Ends up running 12th. Rispoli rode him that day. It was an interesting trip. We'll just put it that way. Switches over to the Wesley Ward barn, who if you could pick a turf sprinting trainer in America is probably one of the top three turf sprinting trainers you'd pick. Immediately a buyer bump first time out as a four-year-old. I thought ran well off the bench, especially considering it was almost six months. Now we get second off the layoff, second out in the four-year-old season, second time in the Wesley Ward barn. Jose Ortiz picks up the mount, and you're getting 12 to one in a race where I think he is as talented as anyone else in it. I think the two Go Bears, Go Bears Go is absolutely live in this spot.
0: I had uh, some issues with him. Uh, why I didn't he use him? Number one, you nailed it at the post. Uh, I didn't like that inside post for him. Number two, I don't like the fact that this is uh, this is a Wesley Ward horse, a turf sprinter. Johnny V rode him last out. Johnny V's not riding him. Irad's his number one guy for Wesley Ward for turf sprints. He's not on him. We went to Jose. Okay, but like, how often do we see Jose pick up about in the last year or so from either of those guys and it takes a step forward like the horse takes a step forward so it's just eh, well, i i think he could hit the board i just don't like him to win this race
1: arrest me red was never lo- i read was never leaving arrest me red right i think we can agree on that so that's not changing and then the <laughs> the, the velasquez i guess you could make an argument um Velasquez is named on two horses in here, because he's
0: also named on the Romans horse that's on the also-eligibles. Like, and he's not named for here. But, I mean, in a vacuum,
1: i take Jose over Velasquez. Really? You wouldn't? For Wesley Ward? I'm just, two jockeys go to Ascot every year
0: for Wesley Ward. Irad Ortiz and John Velasquez. Jose Ortiz sits at home and watches on TV like the rest of us.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's riding for Leonard Powell, a California horse. The, why? There's no reason he's riding that horse it's ah don't understand that one (laughs) uh speaking of will we
1: be live live for this race on saturday oh yeah yeah okay good i'm just looking forward to uh we'll have to do a casa amigos bet on this one who else do you like oh we could do a midday i'll give you midday image and nothing better versus go bears go for a casa amigos
0: as Chris says, if Arrest Me Red wins, we freaking riot. Unless you played my ticket. I'm using Arrest Me Red. I cannot stop using this horse. This is the one that I struggle. Man, we all have those horses we struggle with being able to pass on. I keep making excuses for him. He's such a hard-trying turf sprinter. It always feels like he's around in these spots. It just lately, he really has struggled away He hasn't won since uh, about a year ago. Last year, though, in this race, he was second by half length to Costa Creed, who we're both using. He enters this race third off the layoff, just like he did for the Jiper last year and i'm willing to scratch off the effort last time out at churchill a lot of horses hated it a lot of horses just really hated that turf course there uh we, we heard that from, they heard uh heard that from a lot of different trainers i'm hoping that maybe that was the case with this one i'm willing to give him a pass here irad does keep them out you're right it's it's hard to see irad leaving this horse but if irad's gonna keep riding this horse damn it so am i mike I, i'm not gonna quit him
1: <laughs> well uh if you guys want to just leave a rest of Me Red right off magic's ticket and play it you can save some money so there you go that's the way to deal with it i i do have are you have you used all your horses are we done here yes i have yep are you proud of me for using casa creed sure no i didn't i didn't use front run the fed oh i think this yeah I the forget- first time we've ever done a show with this horse involved that i have not used it and it won last time and so now we're gonna not use it
0: uh I honestly I forgot he was in this race until I saw someone in the chat say it. <laughs> <And I forget. laughs> oh yeah, that's right. This horse. Yeah, I had to I had to scroll down just to make sure I could see him on here. No. Um thirty to one, yeah you'll get every cent of that. Good luck if you're gonna play him. Uh let's move on, Mike. We still got we got three races to go and half an hour left here. Let's move on to the third leg of the late pick five. Ah damn it. The all grade one pick five at Belmont Park Saturday, June tenth, race ten. The grade one met mile for nine males on the main track. A Breeders' Cup winning year in for the dirt mile. And last year's dirt mile champ, how many times can I say mile? Cody's Wish, he's back in here. Possibly the toughest field he's ever faced. Did you use him?
1: Yeah, I mean, this was my dilemma here. Was to single or chuck? And that that really is what it came down to me. Um, Do you use Cody's Wish here? And if you do, you kind of have to single. I I don't want to go four deep, which I would with the one, three, five, and seven if I was going to go four deep. And have the one who I think is also the most likely horse to win, especially considering this is an awfully good pace setup for him. I'm scared to death that Jamie Ness and Rebel Rocks is going to win this race. Yes, Cody is probably going to be the most single horse in the pick five as well. Another reason why it's like, yeah, do I really want to single here? <laughs> He's also the best horse. He really is. Like, it, it, I'm going to single Cody's Wish, and I'm not going to like. I don't love it. Kind of wish I could get around it. But I don't think you can really get around Cody's Wish in this spot. I, I mean, like, Dr. Scheibel's a little interesting from a speed perspective. Charge, it's a little interesting from a taking a step forward perspective. Repo Rock's a little interesting because he's going to be juiced. But I'm going to go with Cody's Wish.
0: <laughs> well, beyond another reason to not play Cody's Wish, I've been trying to beat him. I'm not going to try and beat him this time. He's on my ticket. But I didn't single him. And he's not even my top pick. Cause you know i'm going with that jamie ness cobra venom baby put it in him put it all in repo rocks it's gonna happen uh the only time he's had a, a loss since uh, jamie ness has really got that everything dialed in on him it was the carter and, and you can look at the one reason why he lost the carter the jockey who hasn't ridden him since then let him fall four and a half lengths off the pace for half the race that's not where this horse likes to run he does his best when he's in, within one to two lengths early as far as speed goes dr Shivel expect to go I don't know who else is going up there. Charge, it'll probably be a little bit forwardly placed. I think Repo Ross can sit there right there with him. Uh, The Carter, you also had hot fractions, super hot fractions. Timeform US, if you guys don't know, uh, uh, Craig Mikowski hand times every, he and his associates hand time every race so that they can get what they believe are accurate fractions because it's 2023. And most of these tracks still suck donkey dick at correctly timing races. Timeform adjusted the Carter to 21 and two, 43 and two, 107 and four. Super hot fractions. He was sitting way far back doppelganger got the jump on him just wasn't able to get the job done Reaper rocks is not going to see fractions like that he's not going to have an issue with the speed because i think dr schievel as much as i love that horse and there's it's interesting the irads riding him he's second off of a really long layoff and could take a step forward i really think dr schievel is going to hit the about the the 316's quarter pole he's going to hit a wall and you're going to see him start to really struggle repo rocks will keep coming cody's wish will also be coming but repo rocks will get the jump on cody's wish and I think that he's definitely strong enough to hold him off at a mile.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be the question, right? Who, who gets first jump and then who's better? And, and I think the answer to who's better is Cody's wish. The answer to who gets first jump could be either of them. And, and that's how he loses here. I, I couldn't use Dr. Scheibel specifically because he's coming out of a three horse race. Right. So that, that to me makes <laughs> yeah. it very hard to be like, oh, look at this monster buyer. He's really ready to fire. Wait a second. There are only three horses. Uh, I agree with you. I think the distance is probably a problem for Dr. Scheibel. I just couldn't get around Cody's wish he's been too good I didn't use him in the Breeders' Cup mile this is this is me kind of just tipping my hat at this point and saying okay I'm not going to try again and let's be honest too phenomenal at Churchill like phenomenal Mm -hmm. now not the best field in the world but still a, a very very good effort so I have no concern about this horse coming back at five this is also one of those horses where you can tell what they're trying to do they want this to be one of those superstar-style horses at five. The goal is the Met Mile. The long-term goal is the Breeders' Cup Classic here. This is the first step. This was always the race that they were pointing to, not that Churchill race. I think you're going to get Cody's Wish's absolute best effort, and I think it's too good for this field.
0: Listen, I'm using him. I really don't want – I would love to see the, good, the feel-good story of Cody's Wish – overcome the uh whatever the hell you want to call jamie ness and what he's doing to his horses uh just i don't i don't i don't believe it eventually feel good stories always come to an end just ask the niatus fans and i don't know um i did see this question for curtis He says why does jamie ness consistently use out charity cases for jockeys um jamie ness mostly runs at parks but national like the the smaller tracks where you would see these quote unquote uh charity jockeys um he, he he uses guys that are gonna win for him Last time out silvera was uh is, he's a new york guy but he's not a big new york guy silvera was available and he put him on there and got him to i think part of it mike and just purely a guess he picks jockeys who he knows will absolutely 1000 percent listen to him and have everything to lose if they don't listen to him see andrew Wolfson, who's no longer riding this horse <laughs>
1: Yeah, I want to see if I can they're also Nesson and Silvera are twenty-five percent together. This is his go to rider at parks. So I to me it also is a familiarity with the horse. He rode him last time, he's ridden him once before as well. Uh so yeah, I, I think that it's not surprising you see someone like Silvera up here and, and and Silvera's a good jockey. Uh he's just he doesn't get the mounts at these levels, and so he goes yeah. and dominates other circuits.
0: Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, great question there, Chris Mallow. Uh, <laughs> Chris, Chris Malo is doing his best to try and get the Zenyatta fans to try and uh, beat him up. Uh, we'll move on while Chris gets beat up in the parking lot. The penultimate leg of the all grade one pick five at Belmont Park, Saturday, June 10th, race 11, the grade one Manhattan for 10 older males going a mile and a quarter on the inner turf course. Not an official Breeders' Cup winning year in for the turf, but kind of has that feel, right? You've got two in here wearing the Godolphin blue for Charlie Appleby. We've seen both Warren Point and Ottoman Fleet in america one of them a great dominating win the other one boy you really want to get yell at the jockey for what happened in that race where'd you go on top
1: uh, i went with the eight i went to up to the mark this was the i considered singling here not using cody's wish and going three deep in the, the mile i decided i was going to single cody's wish and use three here so i used up to the mark as as the sing as the the top pick This horse was phenomenal in the Turf Classic. I think we all picked up to the mark in the Turf Classic. Um, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't expect this horse to take another step forward. Distance should not Mm -hmm. be an issue at all here, going from a mile and an eighth up to a mile and a quarter. So not worried about that extra furlong. Uh, This horse looked just dominant, and it really has been dominant since getting on the turf. The only loss in the Maker's Mark Mile, where Chez Pierre, who was even money this weekend, uh, took the field gate to wire and ran one of the, like, Slow fractions, but ran just a ridiculous, ridiculous race. Just Mr. Modern Games that day by a nose from third. I don't see how this horse doesn't at least take a, a slight step forward. We're still four years old. We're still getting used to this whole turf thing because we were a dirt horse first. So I think up to the mark is going to be awfully difficult here, but I respect the hell out of both athletes.
0: Yeah, I went three deep. I went the uh, same as you, three, four, eight on here. Um, uh, up to the mark. By the way, Pierre, the winner of that race, uh, the maker's Mark Mile. Uh, he's in the grade three poker, which is race five on the card on Saturday. So watch and see how he does. Um, he's even money to on the morning line. So he's probably gonna be one to five. So you're not going to get it. There's a big reason the poker is race five. You're not going to get any value out of that race. Um, the biggest question mark for up to the up to the mark, if you have one is the distance, but you saw how we at Churchill going nine furlongs. Like it was nothing an extra furlong here. I don't think that's going to be too much of an issue. Uh, he has a jockey who knows how to handle the inner turf at Belmont as well as anybody. So. All reasons to like him. As far as Ottoman Fleet, had the Grade Two Fort Marcy win in his U.S. debut. Big win against much lesser competition. It's Definitely a step up for the first time that he's ever tried greater Group One competition. But uh, one thing to know if you didn't uh, about European racing, especially in the summer, the big Group One races for money, they're restricted to horses who are intact. There's something about Europeans, where especially in, in England, they don't like to let the geldings play with the stallions in those big races. And they're bit, it's, we always talk about how breeding runs racing in America they're like you need to be someone who can benefit from this in a second career if you're going to be in this race so uh that's why you see applebee send some of these horses over here um along with the, just the giant purses that we're running for here so uh four starts at the distance for ottoman fleet two wins one second by a neck and one third so got that going um and then also warm points so if you scratch off the group the grade one man of war he blew the break because they were late taking the blindfold off him and he was a little screwy and then frankie dettori completely screwed up by not pushing this horse to engage the front early his past races if you watch Warren points past 10 races he likes to be right near the pace he doesn't have to be on the lead in fact i don't think that's the best spot but he needs like one or two targets and to sit comfortably up towards the front you ask him to pass an entire field he's not gonna do it that's why you saw him kind of struggle in the stretch there now he's actually cutting back to a distance where he has four wins and a third in five starts Buick's on Ottoman fleet instead of Warren point I still I still like Warren point I still like him
1: I mean I don't hate to take I had the ride last time I thought it was atrocious from the I it, I think that Warren point is is a very good horse I think we're going to see a very good effort uh, this might be a little too tough because Zodom Fleet and Up to the Mark are both very, very good horses. The pace is going to be interesting in here as well. Uh, it looks like strong quality is going to be loose. And so I, I could see the case for some people wanting to use the two. I think the water is just a little too deep here for strong quality to be able to take the field gate to wire, though a strong quality uh stepping up off of a back-to-back
0: turf wins uh both allowances first at Gulfstream Park in the Championship Meet and then at Keeneland. So not uh not necessarily easy spots for him to get his first two turf wins and we, like listen, we talked we praised up to the mark, right? that he's uh should be undefeated on turf, but started his career with two big wins on that uh, his turf career with two big wins. So kind of similar to that. But you said he he looks like he should be loose. And then I look at the jockey that's on strong quality, and we haven't really been able to fully trust Florent Giroux to go to the lead and let a horse go out and walk the dog in cases where it looks like he should be able to do that on dirt or turf. So uh, a little bit of a concern, like you said, Mike, also. just It's a huge step up. I mean, there's not... Yeah. You've also got red knight in here who we're not using but at nine years old is, is you know won the man of war stakes closing from way off of it um you know lots of lots of big horses in this race so i mean um, so
1: this is rising the five horse at 12 to one yeah. second off the layoff second out as a five-year-old who ran a 103 buyer in the, the grade three or the grade one sword dancer and ended up third by a length won a, a like that horse has a shot at being a contender here if, if some of the other big three don't end up running big
0: And then, of course, our old buddy, Rock Emperor.
1: Yeah, and then (laughs) Finally,
0: finally not taking bad money. Ah, darn. I miss those days. All right, Mike, let's move on. What everybody cares about. The fifth and final leg of the all-grade one pick five at Belmont Park on Saturday, June 10th. The grade one, Belmont Stakes, the third jewel of the Triple Crown, nine three-year-old males, entered to go a mile and a half on the main track. A race called the Test of the Champion, who aces the test on
1: Saturday. Oh, I see what you did there. Um man I'm still not happy about picking this horse Forte is going to win I I (laughs) I I wanted to not pick Forte when I knew he was going to run in this race but the more I go back and look at the Florida Derby the more I think it's a key race the more I think that that was the best race that you saw in the in the prep process and the more I watch like Forte's races the more you love how this horse just likes to win I mean you you always get a good effort from Forte he is trying hard. He wants to win. The way he put away Mage in the final 16th of a mile in that Florida Derby, I thought was wildly impressive. Hey, by the way, Mage won the Kentucky Derby. Don't know if anyone knew that. Uh, <laughs> I think Forte is just a little too good for this field. And I think that the fact that Tappet Shoes drew the one is going to matter. I, I think Tappet Shoes goes. I think he presses national treasure. I think that makes life harder on national treasure. And of the horses that I really respect in here, and I'm not going to single Forte. We'll get into that in a second. Of the horses I really respect in here, Forte probably sits the best trip. I mean, yeah, the Florida Derby, he was way back, but he was in the 11 post. Broke poorly, was swung wide in the first turn, had some trouble. I, I think you're going to see Forte closer to the pace. And I think if he, co- if he turns for home within two lengths, the sucker's over. And I think he's going to turn from home within two lengths. So give me Forte on top.
0: Uh, I, yeah, I agree with you. And I got a lot of comments from, uh, <laughs> from our bosses. Magic, you okay? You picked Forte to win. <laughs> yeah, I did. I picked Forte to win this race as well. And you know the trip. I think the trip is going to be uh, where he exactly where he needs to be. I think it's gonna be too wide outside of either Tappetucci or Il Miracolo. One of those two horses, I think, tries to go with National Treasure, possibly Tappetucci because he's on the inside and because look who's riding—it's irad's brother Jose, who likes to set it up for his brother. Uh, and then you've got Il Miracolo, who is not really a horse that either of us are considering a threat at all, but I think he'll sit there and at least help make this at a more honest pace than you saw in the Preakness. Go back and watch Florida Derby, and if you imagine Forte drew post-6 there instead of post-11, then he doesn't have to drop all the way back early because he's going to be stuck 18 18, wide into the first turn, uh, and he wouldn't have to be in a position where he's stuck waiting on horses in the far turn. He's in a much better position. He's much closer to the pace. I agree with you. I think that's what we get with this horse here. Um, One concern... Since 1976, and that's as far back as Equibase goes, the only horse to win the Belmont off of a two-plus-month layoff was Tis the Law, and he did it a mile and an eighth, and it was in the COVID year when pretty much everybody was coming off of about three-month gap. However, Forte was going to be in the Derby, if not for the Kentucky State vet who said you need to scratch this horse. We're not going to get into that. My question for you, should this kind of policy apply? Like Forte is going for a huge history book here.
1: I mean, the Curse of Apollo was a huge history buck before Justify bucked it, and then Mage did it again this year. So I'm not as worried about that kind of stuff. And it's not like this horse has been – when you say two-month layoff, it's not like, oh, we just have been just sitting around doing nothing here, right? I mean, Forte was working out the weekend – the week after the Kentucky Derby. So it's not like that injury was major. It was something that was a smaller foot issue after a stumble. Like, I'm not as concerned about that. The only reason he didn't run in the Preakness – was because of the rules not because he wasn't ready to go there so again not doesn't concern me there Uh, I like the the, it's funny how much hate Forte is getting in the the chat here and and to the person who said Mage didn't run well in the Preakness I would actually disagree I think Mage actually ran pretty good in the Preakness considering he had nothing to chase uh and the ride the Castellano gave him because he never should have let national Treasure get away anyway uh, I think it's funny that Forte is getting as disrespected as he is I, I like. I just. I really do because he was going to be five to two, three to one in the Kentucky Derby with 19 other horses if everyone went to that gate, and now he's going to be five to two, three to one with eight other horses that are. I mean, one, two, three, four, five of them would not even qualify for the Derby. Like, this is not as hard of a field. He is still as good of a horse. I'm not worried about the injury. If I was worried about the injury, I wouldn't be using him. Uh, I same. I think it's kind of surprising that he's sitting here at five to two in this race. I'm interested to see what he actually goes off at because I have a feeling I'll be betting him to win. Yeah, Marco Lou asked, is Forte
0: sound and are you betting him five to two? He's gonna be under under such a close scrutinized watch that if he runs, I have zero concern about that. Um what I do have concern about, Gary brings it up, Angel of Empire, wearing blinkers. Brad Cox throwing them on there. He said when Pratt got done after the Derby, he said, put blinkers on the horse. And Cox said, Well, you know, he works really well in blinkers, so we figured we'd give it a shot. If he works well in blinkers in the morning, why, and this is Pratt's ridden him twice now, why are we just now adding the blinkers on him? To me, that doesn't make much sense. Um, do you uh, do you know what the dosage index is, Mike? No. Okay, so the dosage index is a formula that they use to uh, to try and predict a horse's ability um, to go distance. A, a very high number means the horse is going to be, the higher the number for the dosage, the shorter the distance that horse will probably be better at. Um... 17 of the last 18 Belmont stakes winners when it was at a mile and a half, so scratch out tis the law their dosage higher index was no higher than 3.0 so it's telling you distance horses right and that's no uh, no question there since 1983 every single Belmont winner including tis the law had a dosage that was not higher than 4.33 which is what American Pharaoh had he's actually oddly enough the outlier in this and only five horses in the entire span of the last 30 years had a dosage that was even above a 3.0 there are a few horses in here who are above a 3.0 the highest dosage index this blows my mind angel of empire is at nine the dosage is saying this horse has absolutely no business going a mile and a half if he wants to win which is crazy because of how he won the arkansas derby and how he finished in the kentucky derby that being said one of the best dosage numbers it's on national treasure 2.56 that's the other horse i'm using five to one in here i'm worried he's going to get an early easy lead like he did in the preakness and if he does we're going to be cursing ourselves out on the back. So you're going to be screaming at every other horse and every other jockey in the field. Push that damn horse. And if they don't, this horse is going to be pretty dangerous. Uh, blinkers on for this horse. Two, Three starts so far. Two wins. A third. The third came in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile behind Forte, who we both with, have as our top pick. Without the Blinkers, one second, a third, and a fourth. All pretty big duds. Uh, third start of the form cycle. Second start back with Bob Baffert. Johnny V keeping them out. Worried that he beat a Preakness field that was kind of, eh, like we were definitely not high on Blazing Sevens at all and that horse almost beat him. But if he gets the same setup, it's, it's so hard for me to see how he ends up losing. Like it's his race to lose if he gets that same setup, Mike.
1: Maybe. I mean, I, I look, I wouldn't be shocked if National Treasure wins if they let him walk. I think this is a more difficult field a more rested field i'm mean, like blazing sevens it sucks let's just be honest like i, I don't like Blazing <laughs> Sevens at all so like to barely hold off blazing sevens when setting that pace is not eight something i'm like oh look at that preakness race right and i right. Like, the mage effort i don't like how castellano rode the horse i think the horse ran well but clearly was not at the same level as the derby which we saw two weeks prior which is probably a problem for mage since that was his fifth start that makes that preakness awful right and now I have to back National Treasure in a race where I think one, two, three, four of these horses could have probably beat him in the preakness. Makes it really hard for me to swallow five to one on him. And I, I don't think that you're gonna get the same lead. I think Tappet Shoes goes. I think Your Maricolo goes. If both of those horses go, National Treasure doesn't get to walk. And that's the key. And now Velasquez put on a masterclass in that preakness of how to ride a front end horse. We talked about this on Monday, but man. When he came out and pinched Mage back and Castellano did not go with him and then he swung all the speed out three wide and then cut the corner and allowed himself to just slow the whole race down, that was a master class. And if shoes doesn't go, he could do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I still think these are better horses that are chasing him. I think to me that's the key is that even if he goes 114 to six furlongs, if Forte is within a length of him he's going 114, which by the way Forte could totally do, not that big of an issue for him. He's going to be able to run him down. And so I'm willing to take a shot there. I'm going to use one other horse as well. Give me the three horse. Archangelo here at uh, eight to one. A little bit of a price horse who won the Peter Pan last time out, taking a big time step up in class. I thought that that Peter Pan was pretty impressive when you go back and watch it. We watched it on Monday when we were talking about this horse. Uh, He battled back against Bishop's Bay. You could say Bishop's Bay folded a little bit. But I like the improvement race after race after race after race. And the damn side of this horse is in the family of Rags to Riches, Giselle, two past Belmont winners, both on the bottom side. One of six of the nine horses that have Tappet influence in this race. I think Archangelo takes a step forward here. And I, I, the more I went through this, I'm like, I don't love Tappet Trice. I don't think Hit Show is good enough to win. I think Angel of Empire is going to be too far back. For me, Archangelo is the other logical contender here that can get the job done. So I'm going to go 3 6 to close out the pick five.
0: You know, what's interesting, and I talked about this on Monday, uh, Tuesday, Monday, whenever it was. Uh, I forget, but I think it was Monday. Archangelo's never gone two turns. And there's nothing about the breeding that says he couldn't handle it, but he's never gone two turns before, which is kind of crazy. Um, he would try to be the first horse since Tonalus in 2014, the second horse since AP Indy in 1992 um, to uh, win the Peter Pan and win the Belmont stake. So, uh, a little difficult uh, scenario for him here, but you're seeing more and more lately that the horses that are in the Belmont, horses that either ran in the Derby and then skipped the Preakness or didn't run, you know, in either one of those races. Uh, back then, back in 1992, like every horse that won the Belmont was in the Derby and in the Preakness. So they were seasoned and they, had, you know, they were coming along nicely. Um, I, I like this horse. I've liked this horse since, uh, you know, two back when he broke his maiden at Gulfstream Park. I thought was very impressive. I like the trainer, Jenna Antonucci. It seems like she is one of the good ones. Um, you know, Javier Castellanos, the derby winner, the derby-winning jockey, he's going to be aboard. I don't, correct me for am I don't think he's won the Belmont before either. So he's got that going for him. You know, he did never won the derby, won it this year. See if he can get the Belmont, too. I'm not going to use this horse, but you're getting a good price. Again, the breeding says... Two turns, mile and a half should be within the in range here. Just for me, I'm I. If this was like the Preakness field, I think he's got a great chance. We've got a lot of horses that just were not that good to be in, to begin with, and didn't make the Derby. You've got a lot of Derby horses that we liked that are in this spot. And we're not using. We're not using Tapit Trice. We're not using Angel of Empire. Hit Show. I I almost used. I don't know about you.
1: I almost put Hit Show on my ticket here, but um, I I, I yeah. had a version of my ticket where I was four deep and it was three six seven eight.
0: Yeah. I could see I mean, that.
1: My superfecta will be six six three with seven eight with seven eight, six over three seven eight, three seven eight, three seven eight. Like I those will be the four horses I'm keying in on.
0: Um, I shit, where is it? Chris Bell made a great comment. It, uh I can't find it, but he said uh all of this there it is. As you know all the smoke in New York is from the steam on hit show. There is a lot of steam. I don't think we get uh, ten to one on this. I don't think it drops to a you know, significantly unplayable price, but I think you could see seven, eight to one on hit showed easily in this spot. And he you know, he ran a good race in the Kentucky Derby and he is improving. And he has, uh as Aaron pointed out in his um in his preview for this race, he's got the Tappet Dams uh, uh damsire just like we have with uh Archangelo here. So Tappet's love the Belmont. I get it.
1: Yeah, it's interesting too. Like I, Brad putting Hit Show in here, I think there's there's varying reasons for it from what I've heard. I mean, some people think Hit Show is, or I'm sorry, putting Tappet Shoes in here. Some people think Tappet Shoes has a legitimate shot. Some people think Tappet Shoes is a, just a dead rabbit. It's gonna be interesting to see what Tappet Shoes does. I think Tappet Shoes may be the most important horse in the race that has no chance of winning, or a slight small chance of winning. I should say. He, <laughs> he and El Miracolo. Who are two of the three, the two longest shots on the board, maybe the most two important horses in the race?
0: Um, the uh, and somebody brought it up. So Il Miracolo, the the two times he was on the front end in his races, they were uh, they were very slow. They were not they weren't over. And including that allowance at Goldstream Park last time out, it was not it. It was a small field of five, and he was the, the even money you went, favorite there. He
1: went forty five and one.
0: What was the final time for the mile though? That doesn't
1: matter. He went forty five and
0: one. No, he didn't. In last time out, yeah, he went twenty four flat forty six point three. What race are you looking at?
1: Your Milacolo one hundred k optional allowance per to DRF twenty three forty five and one one ten and two. Literally, time form has like not even the adjusted ones. So let me look at the
0: the DRF. Hold on, this is this is actually going to th- th- throw me off here. Twenty three forty five and one. That's that's a misprint. Well then, there you go. <laughs> that's a misprint for DRF. Even the Let's go Even see what 100.
1: Equibase says. Now I really want to know. Yeah, here it's 45, 46, and three. So we are, we're varying on. Anyway, anything under 48 pushes national treasure. So all of those numbers that we're referencing all push national treasure if he wants to go and do that. So those two horses are the two horses that can push national treasure early. The question is if either of them does it.
0: Uh, I stand corrected. He went, uh, the official Equibase chart is 45 and one. So DRF has it right. Craig's got it wrong. All right. Crag
1: got
0: a <laughs> there anyways, it doesn't matter. we don't like the horse damage, but and the, your point uh remains valid on that one as well. so um at, we talked about hit show, uh any particular reason you left him off, I think he's just he's not quite of this caliber. I think he'll definitely be around for it. um it wouldn't shock me if he won. I have him third as well.
1: yeah, I, I think he's a logical uh super horse trifecta horse, I think he runs well. I just think hit show's a cut below. Uh, Forte, Angel of Empire, probably National Treasure and Archangelo, maybe Tapit Trice as well. Like, I, I really cooled on Tapit Trice. I mean, I, w- I didn't say he was going to win the Belmont like some other people, but I definitely think a lot less of him than I did after that that grade one race at Keeneland that he won. I, he's, he's fallen down the ladder for me quite a bit. I wouldn't be shocked if he wins, but I just don't think at three to one there's any value in using him. Now, there's a the horse Brad Cox should have thrown
0: blinkers on. Maybe not necessarily for this race, but that horse is goofy as a mother effort. <laughs> that, that, that head's going to be caught. When they're coming down the stretch of Belmont, he's got that long Belmont stretch and the crowd's cheering. You're going to be looking over him the entire time and forget that he's in a race. So, yeah, we didn't, we didn't use him there. Uh, and in case anybody wonders, Kevin B got it right. Magic's dosage is 6.9. You're correct. Good guess there. Uh-huh. All right, that's going to wrap this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I for the Belmont All Grade 1 Pick 5 Races 8 through 12 ending in the Belmont Stakes. Uh, we'll go ahead and put our tickets down below, and we'll give them out one last time for the audio listeners. I will start. I'm going to go one four eight with four eight nine eleven twelve 11, 12 with 1, 7 with three four eight with 4, 6. That's $90 for mine. You
1: have half that price. Yeah, I'm only going to go to the $45 ticket here. I'm going to go one three four eight twelve with 2, 10, 11 with 1 with three, four, eight, with three, six, cost you 45 bucks for 50 cents. And um, don't hate the idea of playing a cold pick four in race number 10, one, eight, six, one, just saying.
0: Very nice, very nice. Uh, <laughs> Curtis says, Jared's obsession with tap and trace and inability to think he was anything but very good. He was like a high school boy refuses to believe his girlfriend is cheating on him. Listen, we all have those horses that we just can't not bet. I talked about it with the rest red. I understand. And, hey, I knew about this one. He put it in the chat, so we can talk about it. Congratulations, Nick Feldman, getting married this, uh, this Saturday in Lake Tahoe. Can't wait. Congrats, Nick. Um, by the way, I don't know how many people know this. We just learned this recently ourselves. A college football hall of famer, Nick Feldman, at Moorhead State. Uh, one of the They called him the white Dion Sanders, is what I heard, uh, for his punt return ability. So... Uh, Nick Feldman in the Hall of Fame uh, for Moorhead State getting married Saturday big times for I mean the Hall of Fame was a couple years ago it's not
1: like that just happened then so I, I um, gotta gotta at least question why we're getting married on Belmont Day though will there be a tv in the reception room the reception area
0: oh I knew that he told me this uh there's something he had to work out something for that I believe yes they're gonna be I, watching
1: I, I had a cousin who got married on Travers Day, which is like a crime in my family. And we had the, like part of the thing was they had to have a TV in the actual reception area or else my uncles, my my one of my uncles, like, I just won't go. I'll go to the Travers. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, that in Mike's family, you don't do that. Travers, Travers Day is uh, that's a holy day in that family. It's a holiday. Um, Curtis Manlow asked, who was the horse a couple year years ago? that was like third in the Peter Pan and won the Belmont. Uh, Mike, do you remember that horse? I think we might have picked that horse up. Sir Winston, yeah. yeah. Uh, picked him up uh, but trying to not finish last in the Fantasy League, and we claimed him because he was the only horse that kind of looked like uh, he might have a chance in hell, and he won. And so we did the same thing with Tappet Shoes, we're hop- a horse that we claimed and then dropped. Uh, we're hoping Tappet Shoes can do the same thing, although from our ticket perspective, um, yeah, that's that's not how we play this thing. But, hey, there we go. That's, that's uh Nick, I Nick, no.
1: Nick, Nick says have- that... I, Go ahead. Read it. Go ahead.
0: I don't have to be ready until 3.30 Pacific, so I'll have all day to fire, but I'll miss the actual Belmont, says Nick
1: Feldman. Oh, Nick. Put a a TV in the church or wherever you're getting married, throw the Racing Dude's live feed on it, and send us a picture. That's what we're looking for, Nick.
0: Uh, Kevin B. wants to know, give us a lock in the finale. You said Race 13 was your best bet of the day. Is it the Chad Brown first-time turf horse?
1: It is. It's not anything creative, but it's it's just... uh, Joe St. Louis, St. Louis, Joe, St. Louis something. Now you make me look it up.
0: Uh, oh shoot. Yeah. Hold on. Spirit I've got the PP's Louis. open. Hold on. Uh, Spirit, Spirit of St. Louis.
1: Louis. Yeah. Two times on dirt. Was very impressive the first time. Now getting back on turf for the first time. Five to two on the morning line. We're probably not getting anywhere near that. It's probably gonna be like seven to five, eight to five, but I, I think this horse is a stone cold lock against this field. It has tactical speed uh is bred to absolutely love the turf. It's first time getting on the turf. I love the post position. I, I think the the one absolutely romps Spirit of St. Louis in the last so
0: we both have and that was my top pick as well so the last three races of the day we have irad as our top pick irad is our top pick irad is our top pick i think we just do a stone cold pick three just shove whatever's left in your bank account with three races to go shove it on irad to win the last three races there
1: I'm telling you, Cody's Wish in the race right before. It. That's the I'm going to have a 25. Irad's
0: not riding him. We're not doing it. If Irad was on Cody's Wish, I would say yes, but he's not, so no.
1: So you're going to play a Dr. Shivel Stone Cold pick four? Is that I what said, I'm hearing?
0: I said pick three. Pick four is screw it. I don't do pick fours. We do pick fives I, and pick threes. That's it. Pick I'm fours probably going to go Stone piss cold on
1: pick, it. pick five just because. Too. Now that I think about it. Ooh, but is it Big Invasion? Is it? Ooh, I'll go Go Bears Go to start out the Stone Cold pick five. Uh, Nick, what races? Well, at least Nick was smart about his.
0: In terms of the wedding, they're doing the. Uh, the assuming you go honeymoon after the directly after the wedding, you're not going to miss anything for like you can take like a month long honeymoon because after the Belmont it kind of slows down for a little bit until we get to uh, what is it Stars and Stripes Day around July Fourth weekend and then almost to Saratoga and Del Mar, so pretty damn excited about that
1: we should uh talk about one more thing here trish brought it up earlier any chance that belmont's gets rescheduled with the weather in new york uh so they just did cancel thursday's card um so there is not going to be racing they did from cancel Helmet. the card okay i thought isn't that was in the text chain no is that they the training thursday got canceled they're hoping after the morning it clears mm. up Okay, so we'll see what happens with it. But there is a a wildfire in Canada right now. Three racetracks canceled because of it. Two baseball games today canceled because of it as well. Uh, Everything is rescheduled for tomorrow. Right now, everything is running tomorrow. Sands the training at Belmont and Saratoga, it like. I don't think it will be an issue by Friday because it is better today than it was yesterday. Um, And we'll see. But, like, I would be surprised if it gets rescheduled. But with the way this Triple Crown season has gone, who knows? Uh, by
0: the way, because I know he's been adamant about it in the chat, if it happens, we didn't use charge it. Andrew A's have been all over charge it in the uh, in the Met Mile. So if charge it wins, here's proof on video. Andrew A was calling it. Uh, I think not sh- not a shot at you. You were the only one I saw in the chat really claiming that charge it was going to win, and you were very. Uh... Did I click on that or did you? I don't know. <laughs> there we go. That's better. <laughs> I was trying to praise the man, and Kevin B's calling him high. Uh, that's great. All right. Thanks everybody for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us for the triple crown season. Uh, good luck. If you're playing, uh, this weekend, if you're watching the show, you probably are. Remember that, uh, Thursday, Friday and Saturday morning, the daily, uh, dudes who bet daily at noon, well, noon Eastern, 9am Pacific. So morning for us. If you have a Belmont Stakes pick and you want to tell us why in about a 30-second video, just shoot it on your phone, shoot it over to contact at racingdudes.com. I already have a couple of them for tomorrow's show, which are pretty good. I'm excited about uh, airing those here, so we'll put it on there if you want to be on the show and we'll be able to uh, let you make your case. For who you like um so yeah send it to contact at racingdudes.com if you haven't yet go check out the betting bible it's available for pre-sale right now i would assume by thursday afternoon evening it'll be fully available uh it's got aaron and jared's picks for every race that they have strong opinions in it also has top four consensus from myself mike aaron jared dr miranda papa dude vinnie from real picks by dynasty head over to youtube.com racing dudes check out all the previews for every big race happening this weekend at belmont park and uh yeah we'll have live show friday covering uh the big let's see the acorn and the new york stakes in reverse order and then we'll also be live most of the day saturday for all the big grade one races so uh tune in for that one uh, the live chat's a lot of fun we do live handicapping live betting uh analysis of what's going on and of course you get our classic reactions which when things go uh sideways for us which they inevitably always do that's when things get really fun so tune in for that one uh you follow us on twitter i'm at curtis he he's at some of our number one number eight corporate overlords At Racing Underscore Dudes, Blinkers Off should be live tomorrow, Thursday, June 8th. Uh, What time? I don't know. Subscribe to YouTube.com slash Racing Dudes. Hit the notification bell. Then you'll find out when they're going live. Uh, Until the live show Thursday and all through the week and weekend, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Congrats, Nick Feldman. We'll see everybody tomorrow.